Welcome to another episode of Lion Tales. This is Dede, checking in with Tanya, Alvin, and today we have a special guest, uh, Joe. Joe's uh, my homie, you know what I'm saying? We go way back, play basketball in high school together. It's also Tanya's little uh, brother, so Tanya's the big homie to Joe and me. Joe, uh, what's up, though? Uh, I don't know how special of a guest that I am, but I am a guest. You're special, brother. We <laughs> like you. I'll try to be special, though. Thanks for having me. Uh, I actually look forward to hearing the conversation. You're you're the first guest of the uh, Lion's Tale, so yeah. that, that in itself is already special, but besides yeah. that, you're a special guest. I, I told my sister that was the only way I would come on. If <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but he has to be the first. I had to be first. The first, to be the first. first guest. And also, when it blows up, then he'd be like, you know, I, I, I was on that show way back in the beginning when they have no listenership. Exactly. <laughs> I propelled them to this. There you go. There you go. So uh, another thing is Joe Joe came up from D.C. We're in Philly because I live in Philly, so we're recording in Philly. Uh, Alvin came up from Atlanta. You were in New York before you got here? Newark. New you Jersey. were in Newark. Philadelphia. No, but you were actually in New York City, though, before you came here because you said you were at Broadway doing some Broadway stuff. Oh, on Thursday night. Yes, yes. Oh, you talking about what I've been up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I've been up to, man. Everything. Okay. Traveling again. Went to see a Broadway show. Yeah. Ate a bunch of food, including before we came here, some ramen. Because we're right here in Chinatown, which... Yeah. And remember, we're trying to record this in black cities, right? Yeah. Right. So you know? Philadelphia is what... Uh, Joe just looked us up. What we'll, we'll are looking at our demographics? Uh, I think it said... It was the 2019 data, but it was like 41%. 41% black. So yeah. Philadelphia is the biggest, blackest city in America. Not the blackest city or the biggest, but when you put those two uh, things together, it's the biggest blackest city in America. Well, am I corny? Because they said North Philly. You know the first thing I thought? Joe. Freeway. Is North Philly awk? Really awk? I hit it for emphasis that uh, time. I meant to do that. Um, Can I ask you something about Philly and what you've been up to? Oh, I yeah, yeah. Okay, been right, doing, right, right. Been around the world. That's my whole narrative there. It's done. You've been around yeah. the world. What have you been up to, and what is it that you love about Philly? All right, so what I've been up to is participating, like, it's Pride Month, so I've been doing, like, a lot of Pride events, supporting the Pride, uh, the uh, queer community, going to different um, parties, but for good causes and stuff like that, so that's what I've been up to the last couple of weeks. Um, I was just telling Joe, like, one of the things I love about Philly, I'm not from Philly, I'm from Virginia, but I've been in Philly for about five years now. I love how Philly loves Philly, you know what I mean? Like... You know how uh, people from New York, you know everybody from New York, they think New York's the best place on earth, but in a really annoying way. Philly thinks the same thing about Philly, but like in a really more authentic way that's not so annoying. You know and maybe I mean? supportive? Because didn't you it's say that? It's very supportive. Yeah. Right. You, you were saying that last night, right? When we were at the mm -hmm. bar where you were saying Jay-Z is like one of the world, you know, the biggest rapper or whatever it is of all time. And when no, you're like at in Philly, like any Philly artist can stand next to Jay-Z or stand next to anybody in the world, and the Philly crowd would ignore Jay-Z, but as soon as, like, the freeway verse come on, they go ham. As soon as the, uh, whatever, whoever it is, meat, freeway, um, beans, they support beans way over Jay-Z. Like when the, Jay -Z the stomach start growling. Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. That's dope. That's yeah. mad love right yeah. there. Yeah, Philly shows so much love to Philly. You know what I mean? That's what I like about it. Oh, man, uh. I have so many freeway lyrics. I'm going to pack them in, because... <laughs> 
Uh, we see, so you like freeway. That's that's what's up. Listen, I just like because the North Philly Ock, really Ock, I like to say that a lot. But what have you been up to? Oh man, so T, we're going to Jamaica, right? Yeah. We're we're going to be there for about seven days. Um, so just trying to get ready for that, you know, planning and getting my kids together. What what um, you going to Jamaica to do? Just going to relax. We're going to recharge. Um, you know, I'm writing a book. Um, so we're gonna, you know, you just, have a house in Jamaica, like that's what I feel like. Daddy was trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I got I a crib, I got a crib, we're going to your shit. Say I got that. a crib that I've been building. Yeah, it's a mansion. I was trying to be humble, and <laughs> that, y'all, y'all, y'all blew it up. Yeah, don't yeah. be humble, sir. You have no, a house. it's all good. It was a dream it. of about three years ago. We wanted to build something, you know, a special house where when you leave the states, is a house where you feel at home, that it's catered to. You got your chef, your butler, and all that good stuff. And it's a grand opening, you know. So it's, it's a, a B&B, right? That's kind of the concept. Yeah, it's a villa. Airbnb, yeah, it's right? Airbnb or a villa. Not Airbnb, but like the original B&B, bread and breakfast. Uh, yeah, it's a mini hotel, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's a it's a guest house. Okay, so but what? not a bread and breakfast because that's like individual rooms, or isn't it? Isn't it? I think so. Yeah, 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 I think so. But this you rent the entire house. But I'm super excited because this is the first time that the dream that we started three years ago, right? That we're going to be staying in that house, and you know, uh, Tanya's going to be out there with me. Tanya's going to be the first. Refresh your market. Exactly coffee. with it's the kids. Trip. So it's right. a, it's a work trip, right? It's a work trip. From the outside, what I think is cool about that is um, I always think it's great when we to leave here and go places where we don't have to code switch. Yes. Right? Like, right. And I feel like exactly. Jamaica, you know, other other places throughout the diaspora provide mm. that for us in a way that America doesn't. Mm. You know, Look almost, at you bringing every, it on topic, brother. You see what listen, I did there? Did I you know, see what listen, I did there? This is, JoJo is good for this. JoJo is focused. He brought it back around and tied it I was trying to get to what, what Joe's been it. up to before we get into it. What you been up to? Uh, Since we were in Atlanta and you weren't there, what have you done? I have <laughs> contractor turmoil. Uh oh. So even though I'm, I, I live in DC. So as they uh, they said, I came up from DC. My wife and I are temporarily out of our home because they're redoing some work. You know, we're not complainers. We're fortunate to be able to have a home, get some work done. But I, I, I'm looking forward to being able to sleep in my own bed pretty soon. Um, I'm, I, I have a trip coming up to go see Dede's brother get oh, married. Yeah. Um, so that's in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that, and I'll yeah. get to see my big cousin, who's like my big brother. Um, mm. So you know. That's it. While they while they're uh, gonna be in Jamaica, we're gonna be at a wedding in Cincinnati. Hey man, guess what happened? What happened? In Jamaica, we're gonna be lighting it up, having a good time. <laughs> y'all did the same. Y'all, Cincinnati. y'all gonna do the same thing in Cincinnati and, and, and partying. Go to so, the beach at Lake Erie. Isn't that right there? Am I making that up? That's Cleveland. I don't know geography. Well, Lake Erie is close to Ohio, but not close to Cincinnati. Is it close to Cleveland? You know how there's um, the yeah, lake? Yeah, Le- oh, Le- Cleveland is on Lake Erie. Very yeah. good, Tony. Oh, yeah. So see, I mixed it up. But not, not as beachy. You 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 more, might want to think more lake effect snow with yeah. Cleveland. And I was joking. Putin Bay. Putin Bay is the beach get park. Into, I don't like lake beaches. I would sit on the beach but not get mm-hmm. in the water. Yeah. All right, y'all. So we're going to get into this code switching. Um, all right. So I, I'm going to lay out a definition of code switching and see and see what you guys, have, if it vibes with what you guys think. And also, I want to do a little history of the uh, concept of code switching, right? Mm-hmm. So code switching came around in like the 60s or 70s. I can't remember the specific decade. But what it was, was a researcher observed the phenomenon of bilingual people switching back between languages, right? So uh, say you speak, um, what, what's a Liberian language, that, a, a native language? English. <laughs> <laughs> That's an education point for the day. All weekend, we've been telling Alvin... 
that the first president of Liberia was Virginian. No, no, we know that, <laughs> but you know that the uh, tribal there, languages there are like sixteen different tribal indigenous languages. languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So but say the, you the, speak one of the indigenous languages of uh, and English. This is a good uh, example because people within Liberia they have to code switch between English and their traditional language. That's when code switching became noticeable. Was when people bilingual people would switch codes. But then somebody else took that research and started looking and saying, oh, the same thing happens within monolingual countries, you know? But what about this? What if I throw a monkey wrench at that and say, because we say monolingual company, countries, and it's interesting because Day Day talk, uh, Alvin talks about, oh, but I code switch between African people and then African American, but I've always thought of the code switch as I'm black, but now i got to go into this white workspace and let me code switch. I never even thought about it. Spanish to English or whatever that thing may be, but I also think that the code switch for us, it's monolingual, but not really, because I can have a whole conversation and a white person not understand me if I choose to speak exactly. the way we speak. So isn't it another language? No, no. So what I'm saying is like how the history of it started. It started by observing bilingual people and how they switch, and it's evolved to become what you're describing now. So it started off... Uh, noticing bilingual people uh, switching codes linguistically, but then it evolved to the the theory and the concept evolved to notice within people who speak English, they can be speaking English but using different codes and you know what I mean, code switching within the English context. So what you just now said, I can have a whole conversation around white people using black code that they don't understand. I and think, that's all I said. Is it another language? Yeah, I, was, I think what it's she's saying language. is that might be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we're seeing that language. now being codified like and, and yeah, right, and, and being exactly. put out there as another language. Yeah. So that so that's one of the things. Professional code switching, I think, because there's lots of areas we could talk about code switching. But I wanted to kind of start with professional code switching because that's the most common way we understand it, uh, or, or that's the most common reference use of it. Is like I have to switch codes to go into work, right? So between those, the historical example you gave, mm -hmm. um, what? What do you define it as now? What, what do you define code switching? Uh, how do I define code switching? I think code switching is when you have to uh, adapt to the majority culture. When you're, the, when you're not, when we don't like the words majority, minority, majority, but when you're not the dominant culture, you have to uh, uh, find a way to fit into that uh, dominant culture and you have to adapt to that because they don't accept all of your culture and your culture doesn't fit into their culture and if you just don't, try to uh, code switch into the white culture, then once you're in that space, they're going to say you're not professional or your blackness is a problem. It's pathological some way. So to avoid that stereotype, that negative impact from that stereotype, what we're forced to do is try to fit into the majority culture. And, and like for me, another thing is really important beyond like just black and white, also like a queer community. They're probably the most code switching People so can we switch. take it and map it back to, because I know we're talking about like the lion tail, lion tails and this, our story. How does it work within the diaspora? And Alan, that's a question for you because you know I'm always surprised. Like I'll see you say something on your Facebook page and you'll be like, and it's nah. Like and you'll, <laughs> you'll switch to how Liberians talk, which sounds very much like Patois to me. Right. But talk about your process because you have to do that switch with us. Well, you don't have to because I actually like when you talk like that. But you do that switch here, but then also you have the switch at work. Talk about your process. So right now I'm switching. It's just natural, right? Switch back. So I'm going to switch back. So let me tell you something right now, okay? I'm speaking in my library English now. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> say something seriously. No, no, no. no. I was. I switched, I switched a second ago, right? Um, so the, the, the term code switching, you know, there's a negative stigma to it. 
that if you're switching, you know, there's an HBR article about there is a cost, you know, of code switching, right? Um, it, it prevents diversity and inclusion. You're giving up yourself to fit in and all that. But the way I look at it is you are meeting someone where they are so they can under you can understand their culture, their language, or whatever it is, so you can be able to have a dialogue with them. You know, we talk about, like, American go, you know, most American, when they traveled overseas, you know, they try to be, you know, I'm American and don't adapt to the local culture. But when you adapt to the local culture, then you can understand the people, you can understand the language, you can navigate and all that stuff. That is switching in itself because you're not taking your American self to go to, hey, I'm in Liberia, so I'm not going you know, speak Liberian English. I'm not going to learn the culture because I'm here. You're trying to fit in. You have to because that's the majority. So the way I look at it, you know, I have to switch. You know, when I'm with the Liberian people, we're talking about, hey, my man, how you doing? Where you been? How's your family? Right? The that's not how you say it, though. How do you say it when you're That's what I'm saying. Hey, my man, how you doing? How's your family? How's the Omani? Oh, so what we said yeah. is, hey, bro, how you doing? How's the family? How's your mom? It's the same thing I just said. But if I'm talking to you like that, you're like, what the fuck is he saying? Yeah, yeah. Right? So when I'm talking to, you know, the, the African-American folks, that's what we're saying. When I'm talking to wife, hey, how you doing, John? How's, <laughs> a, right? How's the family? How's the kids? Are you guys okay? You know what I'm saying? So What's your handicap in <laughs> Exactly. I've been switching between a minimum I, of three. I've done three right now. Minimum, right? So I'm not giving up myself. I'm just trying to relate to you so we can have a dialogue. So that's how I look at it. That is necessary. I love that you look at it that way because I'm going to bring the negative side of it because that's what I like to do is point out the other side. Uh, for these white folks, one of the reasons that we code switch as African-Americans, I can't speak to the, the overall African diaspora, but specific to African-Americans, is because they have negative connotations and negative stereotypes about who we are. And so from that perspective, we're switching because, and I'm going to bring this back too, Daddy, because I'm like, oh, I'm just oppositional across the board. When you were like, I hate majority or minority, and you said the dominant group, they're not dominant in anything. They're controlling and mischievous and want I, to have yeah, the control. Yeah, I don't, so I, I, know, I, I know what you didn't mean. I know you didn't mean it like that. For the audience's sake, we have to use language that they're familiar with. Oh, no, no, with. no, we don't have to use the language they're familiar with. We can give them the language that they should be using. Sometimes the language right. that you use is because it's the language yeah, that has been forced matters, on matters. you. Language matters. Yeah, so really, I'm not going to call them dominant because they they're not. Right. They're not the majority. We talked about that on one of the earlier podcasts, right? We're like, right. really globally, they are the smaller population group. And I think dominant came to mind because... The thing that they like to do is try and dominate people, and everybody else isn't moving in that place. So mm -hmm. they they're con they're in control because their preferred method is domination, but they're not necessarily dominant. And I just was tossing that out there because I wanted to come. But back to be to my specific point. though, the, the the word dominant comes from the literature. When you're reading the literature on code switching, they oh, use yes, the yes, word yes. dominant. I'm saying okay. I want to change it because just gotcha. because they use it, it's because right all exactly of that. right. But in the workplace, I think. Alvin's given grace, and I think that's beautiful, and I think we should give grace. I don't want to give anybody grace if they have a negative thought about the way that I communicate because they they have a negative connotation of my people, right? And so that is part of the code switch to me because the biggest struggle for me is the code switch that you have to do at work because they don't understand you. And so there are negative impacts, and you talked about that. It's where one of them is, will they ever do the work to understand you if you're always code switching to mm. accommodate the fact that they prejudge you. Mm. And it makes me think of, there was a Queen Latifah movie, which was, she was 
a housekeeper or something. I don't remember the whole thing. She was in the house with all the, that white family, and they thought she couldn't speak the Queen's English, mm-hmm. but then she did, right? They assumed she spoke like that because she couldn't do it the other way. And I don't want white people to think that. Let me let me ask you a question and throw it back, like just to throw a wrench at what you're saying. You're saying, will they ever, if we continuously code switch to accommodate them, right, will they ever fully understand who we are and appreciate who we are? Does the person who fails fails to code switch, do they become a martyr? Do they not get yeah. the professional uh, opportunities that they would get otherwise? Do they not get the promotion they would get otherwise? Would you martyr yourself if you fail to code switch in, in corporate spaces? I think that's apropos, right, Joe? Because like, without getting into me, too many details, I code switched most of my career. And then I'm like, listen, I'm going to code switch to a point, but I'm not going to violate my morals. I'm not going to violate my ethics. You're not going to talk crazy right. to me. Are you a martyr? I think that you have, they, people definitely don't like it. I think that what, how that ends up for you is based on who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stop my movement. You might have a temporary, like, hey, this is a speed bump to get over. But how do you take that moment and turn it into a moment for you? Which I think is what I always try to do, right? And I think more so, you said something about to get them to appreciate, understand. I don't think they'll appreciate the culture. I don't think that they will understand the culture. And I'm not even looking for that. Don't judge who I am based on your culture. And as long as you code switch, they're going to be very comfortable doing that. And I'm saying, I say this a lot at work. I'm like, y'all know Erica, because we all know I use Erica at work instead of Tanya. Right. um, Because that is my code switch. And I literally, when I worked at Marriott. And matter of fact, that's what I've been calling you for a while. Until you're like, my name is Tanya. I was like, don't call me that. And why did I say that? I said, black people do not call me Erica. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to... I, I was gonna ask you about your 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 professional name Erica and your hood name Tanya, right? Not hood, but you Ooh, know hood. your 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 <laughs> your not professional side, right? Yeah. So, but and you and I do the same thing because the last uh, podcast episode we talked about how your father's name isn't your part of your name, right? Yeah. So I get that a lot. People ask me about, and so my name is Alvin Glay, right? Mm-hmm. So Alvin Zal Alvin Yan Zalo. Glay, but mm-hmm. I go by Alvin Glay, mm-hmm. right? So you guys were asking me that because you know you want to fit into right. The, was the it Western a cold switch? Culture. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was done intentionally. When I was younger in school, I went by Yon, you know, Glay. But um, even right now, when I introduce people where I'm from, and I said I'm, you know, West African or I'm from Liberia, it's like that's not an African name. That's not an African name. I used to go by Bernie when I was growing up. My name is Bernie, right? But Bernie was like the um, Anglicized. the American way they said it. So instead of having to correct people and explain it all the time, I just switched my name to Dede because it was easier for white people to get that. You know what I mean? And see, that's the thing. So right I there. switched. I did a code switch, but I didn't realize I was code switching until I started thinking about this episode and preparing for this episode. Like I naturally, I thought it was. And then another thing, something that um, Alvin said earlier, the very first thing he said is, "I do it naturally," right? So you're like, he's giving grace. But um, really, there's there's the research. Remember, I said there's benefits and positive side of code switching. The research says that people who code switch unintentional. I mean, they're unaware of the fact they're code switching. They do it naturally. There's not really a negative harm to that person, right? They. Uh, but the people who feel like they're suppressing themselves, they're not allowed to be their authentic self. That's the people who are harmed by uh, that. Harmed yeah, but by listen to this too, Daddy. Because somebody who can do it naturally, that is their most authentic self, right? But some other people who aren't natural code switchers, but they have to do it, and they're suppressing themselves, this is harmful to those people. Well, I would challenge that, and I'm going to ask Alvin, but I would say, like, for me, 
it is people always in any group you move through, you're going to, there's nuances in groups, right? So you're going to make adjustments. I am very specifically talking about the fact that you actually have to adjust for white people. You have to, mm. because they're going to think something separate of you. And I think that even if it doesn't impact you negatively to make the code switch, mm. the fact that that is occurring does have a negative impact oh, yeah, right, on right, right. you, especially professionally. And I wanted to go back to, because Joe knows this and I say it all the time, <clears throat> like Joe will say, because I'm like, if somebody call me Erica in public and I'm with y'all, what y'all think? She worked with them. <laughs> yeah, and so it's all the way down the line for everyone. Hey, listen, I don't know these motherfuckers. Don't really be us. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right, right, Cause right. Because they know if somebody's right, right. that's which is why I said Alvin, you guys stop calling me Erica, man. So what? What I heard from from a lot of this is, uh, and I find this a lot with whiteness. They make us give different names to regular shit. Uh, changing your message to reach your audience is just communication, right? right. Right, like now to Dayday's point, if you have to change your communication in a way that's uncomfortable to you, that is that is where I think we now now we're diving into something totally different right. than me just figuring out how to get you to understand me. Right. Now I've made a conscious decision. You can't understand me, so I got to try to sound like you. Right. So, so so that's where the code switch is for me. But I, I want to take it deeper than that, right? Because communication is part of it. Right, but a black woman has to think about how she does her nails, how she does her hair. Uh, well, that's nonverbal communication. That's, not that's still communication. Because there's a perception. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's, that's still okay. communication, there's right? There's a perceived perception there. from the appearance, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's like not just your nails. I was reading something about code switching. Of course, we're black, so we're talking about our side, but a Latina woman that was going on an interview and she actually took her nails off because there's this stereotype about Latina women with long exactly. nails or whatever. Exactly. But JoJo said something that I wanted to key on where it's, we're saying if you can do that naturally and blah, 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 whatever. But I want people to focus on whether or not it's natural to someone to do it. <clears throat> you know that you're doing it and you have to do it because you have this, a group, this group that actually is not adjusting their communication for their audience. Because if it was really not, I always bring it back to the white, white supremacy and that underpinning of it. Because if everyone was adjusting their communication for their audience, then white people would understand when we're in the audience that there is... The way that you communicate is not our normal. What is the adjustment here so that everyone is comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that even if you don't feel a way about it, it should not have to be that way because we can do it easily for white people because mm -hmm. I know how they talk. Like I was the black kid in class. So I have two questions, uh, I think, here. Individually, uh -huh. in your mind, is code switching negative or positive or is it neither, neutral? Mm -hmm. Um, and are we doing ourselves and or white people a favor by code switching? What what is our benefit? What is our net gain from code switching? As a, as a black I, I have a take, society, but I want to hear hear what you say. As a society, inclusive of black people too. Just both. You tell me. Okay. Cool. You, as you, tell you me. as an individual, right? In these yeah, situations. Yeah, your view. Yeah. yeah. Tell tell me yeah, how you so view. So that's it. that's such a great question, right? Um, is it a, a good thing or a bad thing? You know, I, I think a lot of stuff isn't black and white, as it seems, right? And for me, it is, is at the individual level in terms of is it a bad thing or a good thing because you can't generalize it. Um, if I have to give up my morals and values just to appeal to you, then it's a negative thing. But if I'm only 
trying to understand you and communicate with you at the level that we both are, uh, I'm basically, I'm accommodating you, right? Um, so we can have a good understanding. Then I don't think there is a negative connotation to that. However, if the effort is not being placed for you to do the same, you know, to understand me and, and want to learn about my communication style and whatnot, then, you know, that's where the negative come in. So it's a polarizing question, and there's a lot of research that's been done on it. I just quoted an article just now from the Harvard Business Review that they did a research on um, November of 2019 on the cost of code switching, right? They were looking at a professional environment and said people do it because of leadership aspiration. They want to be more included, um, you know, just, you know, career aspiration be seen. And basically the finding is, is that it causes more harm than good because at the individual, they start to feel dissatisfied. Like right. I'm giving up myself. Let me ask you something. Uh -huh. Now, now I, we, we spoke about how we can code switch in our own environments too. I'm assuming mostly what we're talking about here is code switching in these professional spaces. In yeah, a professional non, non, because we're professional in our spaces too, in, right. in these in these non-black, yeah, non-African, yeah. non-African American places, right? Right. Right. Now, you said it's to accommodate so that there's some understanding, right? Do they ever do that to accommodate you? Well, I mean, that's fuck no. I'm gonna answer uh, for you. No. You were delayed. No. Fuck no. Let, let me ask you a question, right? So let's take that back. So I, the answer is no, right? Fuck no is the um, answer. But let's take that in my context. So born and raised in in Liberia. Right, um, I moved to America, and then I have to understand, you know, the black here to be able to understand how to communicate and, and whatnot. Right, so I have to switch. But there wasn't a conscious effort to understand my language, where I'm from, and you know, to be able to communicate with me. And then the same thing on the Caucasian side, the other side. So me as an individual, I have to do the work because I'm in their environment. I'm not in my environment. I think that's what drives the switching. When you're in someone else's house, you have to accommodate to them. They don't so have can to I supposedly, though, that? these environments aren't racial. If right. you hear it from the other side, it's not yeah. business isn't white. It's business. So then you know? can I can I pick up on what Alvin said? Because Jojo, you were saying that, and Alvin was like, he's kind of saying it was situation situational, and that's what I was thinking too. Listen, it's what you said. Number one. I wish that African Americans, people born in the U.S., had more exposure to other col um, cultures of African descent because I feel like Joe and I, I'm curious. I actually want you to be Liberian Alvin when you talk to me. You don't have to switch for me, right? And that's the place For the rest I of this podcast, can we do uh, Liberian uh, Alvin? Yeah. Yeah. Can you switch for like, yeah. He's no. going to have to transcribe what the small, <laughs> small, small example, right, from, from dinner. I'm in a Greek restaurant. Don't tell me this is eggplant. Oh. I want to learn how to say right. papusakia. Like, because this is where we are. Sometimes right. people adjust for people and they don't want them to adjust. And because, so I think that there's some African Americans or some people that come into that restaurant. They're like, I don't want to learn how to pronounce that. If it's eggplant, just fucking say it's eggplant. But for for me and. For the audience, we were at dinner last night and Joe, and Joe ordered, had eggplant. He ordered. Yeah. But well, he didn't I ordered order it. Papusaki, yeah, I ordered it by Papusaki. the name and I right. practiced it to, to, right. to get it. And when the, when the waiter could. brought the... So you were switching. So let me, yeah, and let me come back and finish. Yeah, I, was, I was trying to, um, yeah, and I told you I do that when I'm on vacation too. Right. Like you said, you know, you come here. I got that part where you said, well, I'm in these environments. I'm right. in their house. I kind of get that from that cultural side, not from the work side, right? Right, right. Let me so finish when I go my thought vacation, before I forget it, y'all. Yeah. So because when I was piggybacking off of what you were saying, it was more so white people do not try. 
Do they? White people don't try. When you say, when you say, oh, this is so that I can understand you better and they can understand me better. That's the problem that I have with the code switch as it comes to white people. They're not trying to adjust and they don't, it's because they don't even think about the fact that everyone doesn't communicate like them. So they're always focused on you communicating differently means that you're wrong or that you're bad or that's a bad thing. What's your take? Negative, positive. The negative, positive thing, right? First of all, I want to say um, the fact that we have to code switch, the fact that code switching is necessary in this black-white context is a negative thing, yeah, right? That, and the reason we have to code switch is because there's a lot of negative stereotypes associated with black, right? Right. So, and white supremacy said black is pathological, and we try to distance ourselves from our blackness when we're in white spaces because we don't want to bring those negative associations with us, right? And that's the part that's fucked up is that they're telling us our culture is fucked up. That's that shit is negative, right? But how do we move within this space? We know that they think our culture is pathological, but also we have to participate in the great, the bigger American culture outside of our communities. How do we? So for me, code switching is necessary because it opens up more lanes for you to get into. It opens up more opportunities for you. It, it broadens your range of interactions you're capable of having. They're never going to be able to come in the hood and like understand what's happening or understand our. They don't even want to. Right? I reject that. They don't want to. They you don't can want always to. you can understand anything. That's what I said. Right. It's like it's necessary to open up spaces. But it wouldn't be necessary if white people were not so judgmental. I wanted to make one point though. Like to me, all right. So from a business perspective, because we're a lot of this conversation about code switching is about professional like corporate spaces, right? They don't. They will never make change because it's the right thing to do. They understand the bottom line, right? So you got to make a business argument about code switching. So the same review that you're reading, the cost of code switching, part of the cost of code switching for the corporation is um, when you're forcing, you, there's no diversity, right? right? You're forcing me to give up a part of myself to participate in this. That shit that I'm giving up is valuable. You know what I mean? Valuable to this company, valuable to the bottom line of this company, valuable to the vision and execution of what we're trying to do within this company, right? So they're not allowing us to bring our full, most authentic selves into the space and bring our total value. We're giving up a lot of our value that we have to offer to these spaces by code switching. So it sounded like, and you can you can correct me, it sounded like you you think the fact that we have to do it is negative. Right. But we can use the fact that we do it. That we are capable into, of doing to, it. To turning it into something to, positive to something. for us. For us, okay. right. Right. Can I say Tanya, this too, though? Think? Well, I was just sitting there listening to the conversation, and my thought it was going on. Like I piggyback Alvin, so I'm like, overall, it's a net negative, right? Mm-hmm. If it's it's situational to me, where if I have to adapt how I speak to get to know people from the African diaspora, like our first episode, right? That I want to do because I want to know you better. I want to be respectful of you. Right. I want to understand that. I don't have to code switch to understand white people because they're everywhere. You understand what I'm saying? I listened, and I think my key takeaway is that as I sat here and listened and I got quiet for a minute, which is not a normal thing, I was like, how depressing is this, y'all? How how depressing depressing is this? I want to say something real quick, then Joe, you can uh, give us your point, right? I think the fact that that code switching is a thing is also, I like that because like Tanya said, we we just not had... When we're around white people, we can have our code that they can't understand. I love that. It's like a superpower. And if you go back into like slavery, like there was black code, they were doing all kinds of shit right but in front of white people. That's how languages started. It's yeah. like you think about like the Jamaican 
Listen, I, I think the research is, is clear. In a professional setting, there's no benefit at all. And I think right. it's actually a negative it's for a, you because they never. It's a negative for you and the company. It's Correct. a negative for you too, and for the people behind you. When I said, and I say this, I don't know if I told you this, Joe, but as I've gotten into more leadership positions, I code switch less, and I've had people, and I've cried in an interview because I interviewed a black girl, and when I saw she was black, I flipped my camera on, which I won't normally do. And I was like, oh, she black. Then I found out they only let the black girl interview with me, none of the other candidates, <laughs> just the black girl. But what was exciting about it is that she followed up, and I saw her eyes open up. Afterwards, I talked to her when she started, and she said, that is the first time in my life that I interviewed with somebody who was actually black. And she said, I don't mean black. I mean, you came in there, you was like a black girl. And I was like, yeah, I saw her, and I was like, I'm going to be this, and I'm more that. So when you say martyr or does it have an impact, it does have a negative impact on your brand, but there, I hired a bunch of black people coming up behind me where they're used to me being black, so that's a little bit less impactful. But I, I want to say this because you did this after you've uh, co-switched for years, earned your promotions, were in a position of relative power to where you started, and now you're allowed to be, now you've given yourself permission to be your most authentic self, right? Good correction. Had you yeah, been there, I was about to say. had you been your most authentic self from the jump, would you have made I would it? not have made it there. Yeah, I would I mean, not have made it there. I and that's the, the problem. Thing. I and would that's not the same thing with you, right? I mean, as a, not a country of No, no, no. Go ahead. As a, as an African guy, right. I can't bring my full African selves to work because it's going to be like, I mean, so I mean marketing, I mean consultant, right? They're both I can't. I can't be in the boardroom and be like, Hey, Joe, you see the chart right here? This is how it's supposed to be, and this and this and that. They'll be looking like, this guy can't speak. They're going to think you're dumb. Right? They're going to think I'm dumb. But intellectually, you know, I'm probably one of the smartest person in the room. And you're saying the same thing that they would say. And I'm saying the exact same thing. I've been in a position where I haven't gotten promotion because, you know, I'm I'm black or whatever. I don't represent the group. So it was for me, it was necessary for me to meet them at their level. But the higher up you get, then you're like, fuck this. Like You're higher up there. I'm higher know up you can there. Do your shit. You know, but that goes back to diversity and inclusion. You know, there's this big discussion around DNI, but it's all bullshit. It's all BS because nothing is being done about it, right? And code switching is the foundation of that. Like truly understand people for who they are, cultural diversity of race, diversity of age, diversity of demographics, sexual, like everything, right? Once you have that, then you can have better communication, different perspective. And if it's diverse, equitable, and inclusive, nobody needs to code switch because diversity and inclusion means, to me, diversity is, hey, we have a bunch of people with a bunch of different backgrounds. Exactly. Inclusive means that we do not expect all those people of all those different backgrounds and situations to all act the same. That's the problem with the DNI in corporate America. They're like, look, we have all these different races, but everyone is supposed to act like the white people act. Did you so, say did you say equity too? I said equity too. What's the equity piece? So the equity piece is that it's that you know that drawing, it's equity is that we just need to be up there in them top positions. You know, they're like, we're gonna put right. a plan, like they're like, we have an internship plan, and then eventually in 20 years, those people will be VPs. No, fuck that. You have three VP positions. Equity. You got people that's ready for that shit right I, now. I know it's gonna sound like I'm. I asked the question and then took the easy way out. Um, but I asked. I do think it is negative and positive, and it's. It was right in the examples we heard. I think in the workplace, when we do it because we don't think they can understand us, I think what we're really saying is 
they don't value us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because what we got to was you can get to a point where they value you enough that you don't have to code switch anymore. Yes. Right. So it, it's, it's no longer that whether or not they're understanding you or not. It's that you feel valued and secure and in this place where you can be you. Because if it was all about understanding you, they still wouldn't understand you then either. Right. Very true. Um, now, the, the, the uh, positive sides that I see are what you talked about, right? Like when, like when I go on vacation mm-hmm. or when I'm in a restaurant, I should not ignore your culture if I can make an, a, a, an actual attempt to understand it. Right. Or, or be a part of it, you know, or, you know, hey, that's nothing to try to read the menu one way and ask you how to pronounce it. That's easy. Like, that's something easy I can do. I don't have to say it my own way. Do you think there are examples where we don't code switch at any point and still get our message across, get to where we want to be? And that's um, what I wanted to do do was throw it back to Tanya. I want to throw this back to Tanya real quick because Tanya said she got to a point in her career where she code switches less. You didn't say you stopped code switching. You said, I do it less often. I said, I do it less. And, And what Tanya said is... Now I'm in a position where I can hire people and I'm bringing these black women in the door now because I'm in that position. So the question to, to what Joe's saying, can we get there without code switching? What I would ask Tanya is these black women that you're in a position of leadership, you're in a position of mentorship, um, what would you tell these black women? Do they need to code switch or can they be their most authentic, uh, authentic self at work and rise to the position that you've risen to? Yeah, and so I think it works like this, right, is that if you think about it, when they're interacting with other people, there still has to be a code switch. There's a there's a woman on my team. I resigned from my job, right? We all know that. And every single person on my team that's of color, two black women, Asian woman, Bengali guy, they were like, what are we going to do now? Like, is it going to be a white person? Are we going to not have to be who we are? Mm. Part of the, the benefit of me being their mm. boss is that they can come to me and talk authentically about something, mm. right? Like, this was some fuck shit. If they had a white boss, they'd be like, hey, this is actually incorrect because when she said fuck shit, I was like, bullet the fuck shit. And then we knocked it out. And I didn't feel no kind of way because she said it was some fuck shit because the white people were cursed. They were like, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? So, Not even that you didn't feel no kind of way. Like she, I understood she it. Had, she was comfortable. She being her most authentic self didn't have to cut off part of who she is. She communicated much more clearly to you. And we got it fixed faster. Quick, but when you have right. to make all of those adjustments. Right. And so... Here's what I think, Day Day, is can they be the, or them off, their authentic selves? And when I said I code switch less, within my team, I don't. Like, we had a DNI call. Daryl will tell you. He heard it. On Daryl is our producer who's listening. So on Wednesday or Wednesday, and I just said in our team chat, this DNI session is some fuck shit. This is bullshit. They had a guy on there talked about, sometimes I'm judged because I have an accent. I'm from Texas. Man, if you don't get the fuck on, and that's what I said in the chat. But to my team, when I said in the chat, that's just who I am. That's important to them. That was important to the guy with the Texas accent? No, no. Uh, Southern people uh, outside of the South, they have a negative connotation. People think they they do, but I also don't think, uh, this is my point, Day Day. That's not the example that you give when you're up in this DNI session. They brought him in to say, Oh, but I have a Texas accent. And he was a white dude. Yeah. Did That's they hang you from a tree? Motherfucker, fuck you. No, That's the, how I feel the, about I, that The, the kind fact of stuff. that they have a white man coming in to discuss DNI is just fucked up. Well, no, it's people from the company. They took people from the company to talk about how diversity and inclusion or the lack thereof impacted them. And he's like, I have a Texas accent. So sometimes people think this about my right. accent. You still in charge of this whole team. Right. 
The fact that he even has people. that space to but even say that that's shit. not the same. That's not the same. But hold on, so I, w- I want to go back. I don't I really wanna... code switch. I don't know if y'all know that. So I'm I'm listening, but like if you hear me, um, I'm a I'm a trainer. I work in retail sales, retail sales training, um, and I, I do athletic training. I work with all white teams. I work with old white men, old men from non-black cultures. And when you're around me, because you're there for me, you're who you are. I'm going to be me. But is that a they're, nuance? They're, they're, they're because we're in you. corporate America, yeah, and they're it, not really it, it there be. for no, me. I, I have, Joe, Joe I have code done switches. Some... Everybody code switches, though. Um, because I can give you an example. Switches. Right? Joe, uh, when we're uh, on the basketball court and basketball practice in front of a coach, is Joe. When we're at, when we're like, at my house or whatever, or at your house, is Joe. It's a different Joe. You, like, you, 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 to, to a degree, yes. Right? But I think, I think you in front of your mother you... is not going to be the same thing as you hanging out with us. Oh, I don't think that's true. Oh, that's not I, true. That's, not that's true. definitely not if true. You hear me, if you hear me on bingo, I'm the same person. Or, you know, we, we have a family bingo where yeah, everyone's yeah. on. I do, you know, it, I, I talk like this around my mom. You know, I'm not, now, if you talk about a sign of, to, to Alvin, I know we, we touched on this a bit earlier in a separate conversation, but from a respect aspect, yes, maybe, but I curse around my mom. Now, I'm not going to, Cuss be at as him. disgusting, right. maybe, and you know. So yeah, to a degree, I'm more so meant in those corporate environments because sometimes I do go, hey, when when the CEO of of Under Armour last uh, resigned, so when Kevin Plank resigned, when the new guy started, he came and worked with me first, like in my store with me. He was he was late, and I joked like, hey, when people are late for my staff stuff, we do push-ups, and I just looked at him, and he did push-ups. <laughs> He had on something he could not do push-ups in, but he was like, I love that. He was no, like, no, no, no. You should have made him do push-ups, <laughs> though. But, like, but also, I should have, but I, back, I'm me, though. I want to go back to the question that Joe asked, uh-huh. you asked. Uh-huh. So Joe asked, um, is there a situation where you never have to code switch? Or, or where we don't, where well, you we can don't. point to where we don't. Where, yeah. I know some you areas. Know, Joe I got some areas. Not, he, do, he doesn't code switch? Right. I don't and think it's possible to... So, well, no, can so I put that, a nuance to that? You asked that question. Then, can I caveat this? Your question was um, for people who are coming, you know, uh, following your footsteps, if you have to give an advice, we should tell them, like, they don't have to code switch or do they need to code switch? Right? So, so, this is what I'll say. So, a couple things. Number one, when you say about Joe and he says, I never code switch, I'm thinking of this as an instance because what is the big code switch that is most impactful negatively? to African-American people. It's that corporate code switch. It's mm. that professional code switch. He does not do that. Mm. So when I think code switch, and we're talking, oh, about, you, we're talking about all the nuances of it, talking to your mom differently than you talk to your boyfriend or you talk to your spouse, that's not the code switching that I think is the thing that where is it could bring harm. The corporate thing, I don't think he does. What do I say to people that come up behind me? Um, leaving my company because I always say something about racial shit. Joe, what have been every company I work at, there's racial bullshit. Cause overall, if you have a DNI effort, it's because you got racial bullshit. Cause the shit should just be natural and you don't need a whole fucking team, right? Right. But I tell people, this is who I am, this is how I approach it, this is authentically me. Everyone doesn't move this way. You make the decision that is best for you. But if you decide to be fully and authentically an African-American in this workspace, there's going to be a limit on where you can go because that is an absolute truth in corporate America. My advice is to do the thing that works the best for you and your goals. I don't know your whole life. I'm not about to tell you to act like me because most of the people that are in corporate America that are African-American 
don't act There's like consequences of there's, not code switching. There's yeah. consequences it's, of not code switching. And I will take it right. further than most people. So I'm not going to tell anyone to do what I do. Right. Because I am always going to take it further than you and because give less. Not it's not because I earned it. it. It's just you're giving yourself permission. It's because I. Right. It's not that I give. I don't even know if it's that I give less of a fuck. I think it's the opposite. I care too much. This shit bothers me so bad that I cannot stop myself from saying this thing. It's not like, hey, I don't give a fuck what you think of me. I don't give a fuck what you think of me, but I don't like that what you think of me impacts my emotions. So we need to talk about this shit. Right. Also, beyond yourself. Is you say I, I care too much beyond yourself? You have to be able to confront those microaggressions in the workspace. You have to be able to confront the racism in the workspace. You got to be able to confront that shit. And not everybody's built uh, in a way that they can confront it. You and know I'm what I mean? I'm a confrontational and you, motherfucker. And you being right, we, yeah, yeah, we know that. <laughs> I want to go back to Joe really talk quick. About all this hold on, shit. hold on. I want. I want to say this one thing real okay, quick. Go ahead. Uh, a lot of, and I was saying the research will say this. A lot of people are unaware of their code switching, and that that's the least. That's the person who's the least impacted by this whole notion of code switching. For so sure. You you, sure. you might say I don't ever code switch, and you might just not. It might be so natural to you, and you don't have to do it so often. That when you do do it, it's just not something that even impacts. When I say I don't code switch, I, I mean it in this fashion, right? Like now, obviously, if I, I if you're around me a lot, you you know I struggle to pronounce certain words. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could look at that as a part of my dialect and correcting that as a form of code switching. Sure. What I mean by that is is like I do not. I I work in Tyson's, so I'm. They're not in my. Those people are not of my race for the most part. They're not in my class. Any of those things. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking social class, like upper middle or whatever. Uh, when I talk to them, I do not try to make an attempt to sound like anything different than if I'm talking to... Anybody else. Tom, yeah, anyone else. You know, um, And I even do, like, I explain to them why something they said to me doesn't... That's not how I received that. And this is a funny example. My friend Mike, he's a developer. He develops homes in that area, McLean, Virginia. You guys can can Google that and see see what that's like. Um, Mike walked up on me and asked me what size my shoes were. I said, hey, man, don't ever ask me that. He said, well, I just like them. I said, okay, well, ask me what kind of shoes they are. I was like, because in my neighborhood, in my neighborhood, in my neighborhood, if you ask me what size my shoes are out the blue, like, I'm going to take them. Yeah, I'm going to punch you. Like, because this, this is, this (laughs) is not, yeah, these are not, that's not a good question, you know? And so he learned. Right. So to me, there are opportunities, right, where, now, Mike, I don't have to code switch for Mike no more. He doesn't have to code switch for me. Well, he'll have to code switch for me, rather, because he knows not to ask me what my what size my shoe is. Ask me so, what so kind of shoe you have on. Language. Yeah, so we're talking about code switching, you know, mostly in a negative context. Right. But um, in general, I think it's a skill yeah, exactly. that we have that other people don't have. Exactly. I think that it is it's a tool. definitely- It's in your toolbox. It's in the toolbox. It is a tool that has allowed me and helped me achieve my career, right? Like, right. Because we say that, you know, that there are these fraught things. And see how I just changed here? This is how I talk at work. Until, that's what I said, there's a limit. And I said this to my boss recently. I was like, I feel like you think that I've said some flagrant things, but I've been, <laughs> I've been Erica this whole time. I said, but really- I want you to know that as the closer we get to my departure, you're going to fuck around and meet Tanya. That's different. <laughs> I'm like, that's different, right? And it's like, I'm at a place where you have crossed the line. You got to meet Tanya because you keep pushing me I wanna to t- Tanya. I want right? to talk about like, but I, I, I just want to say this, for example, I want to say some of my favorite codes, right? For example, one of my favorite codes is like when black women get together, like when Tanya did the uh, hosted a dinner in Atlanta 
and a bunch of black women got there, and y'all just started doing like black women shit. That's just dope. that's not a code switch to me. That that is not a code switch. That is us being us. That's not a code. Oh yeah, switch. yeah, yeah. yeah. That is I, think that's, I think that's the other example. Yeah, they, they decided not to switch, switch. anymore. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right, right, right. They, right. they were I'm able saying. to be them, and you saw it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's you're, what I'm you're saying. Probably you're not in your element when you're with your people. Like I can't, I can't talk to you guys the same way that I would be talking to my Liberian friend. Right, right. It's but I like, want you to figure out how you can. Because you won't understand the fuck like what we were saying. Right. You won't understand yeah. like what like what's going but, on. But say it till I do, and I will ask you some questions. And I say this because I had a boyfriend that she was. She wants in, you to do labor in, for free. For I don't her. want you to do labor for free. It's fuck you, Dayday. I know, and I'm saying fuck <laughs> you. Don't put. Don't you ever put no white trope on me, baby. I don't want you to do it for free. I'm saying if I don't understand. You keep talking because eventually I'm going to keep yeah, listening until I what understand. Does that mean and, and what I don't not. want you to make yourself uncomfortable but, or switch for me. But it's not. That's what I'm saying. At the root of all of this is is a negative mindset and connotation that says, I am not... that. Well, let me take a step back. It's a negative perception that they have around certain group or whatever it is, yeah. right? So you, if you feel like you have to change your appearance or you have to change what you say and all that just because you need to fit in, then that's bad. But I think we you, sort of um have finished finished where we started. Right. right. Yeah, because where Day Day where Day Day started was, you know, he thinks it's best where you're able to be your whole authentic self, self right? right? Now let's think of it from the company standpoint. If I'm a company, do I want Alvin code switching? Do I want Tanya code switching? Do I want Day Day code switching? Or do I want an environment where all the issues that we kind of talk about, where everyone feels heard, valued, um, adjustments can be made for me too. Do I want that environment? Because chances are, you're going to make me more money. Right. Right. That's the whole point of the bottom line is driven by the bottom line. When people can bring their full experiences to bear on their work environment, that's going to give you the best product. So because we have to get to a conclusion, because everything must come to an end, and I feel like we went full circles, that's a good place to connect it and close it off. Alvin, you mentioned the study that you read, the HBO thing. There were a couple of different articles I read. Day Day read a lot. There's a fabulous clip that we laughed over. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, you, everybody remembers this, the, the country guy who's out there reporting on the news and he's doing all the oh, news. Was... Then the fly flew in his mouth and he got real black, but at first he was the newscaster. Everyone code switches. You might not think about the code switch. My takeaway here, because it's like, okay, we talked about it. What do we do about it? We talk about it some more. We educate ourselves. If everybody black is just like, look, I'm not code switching no more. We still gonna be in the office. They're not gonna kick everybody. You have it's it's everything. I think the end point for me is everything has to be a collective movement because you said, does it make you a martyr? You're only a martyr if you're the only person doing it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I think Joe summed it up extremely well. Right. It comes down to diversity and inclusion, equity. What he talks about, if you you want to feel seen. Heard, valued, right, um, and that leads to more engagement within the organization. Perspective being heard, you wouldn't do the HMN shit where you put a monkey on a damn shirt and and send it out. <laughs> right. exactly. And eventually, or like I think it was Walmart that did the Juneteenth exactly. T-shirt, ice cream, was, right, ice, ice cream, cream that was fucked Fuck up. You. So all of those things helps you as an organization improves your performance, yeah. improves your employee engagement. So if you do that, then this whole narrative around, the negative narrative around co-switching, we wouldn't be having that. Right. But I do think it's required for understanding, for discussion, right? I would like to see it flip all the way to that positive that you just framed that in. Joe's, Joe looks amazed. So, so what we're saying is, God damn it, if you ain't going to be human, 
at least just be greedy. You know, because it would it would just be better for you money wise right. if you do like, this. Because because really and truthfully, they don't want to expose themselves to that. They think that they're exactly. making an environment where they're making the most money, but they're actually because I literally used to go into work and be like sixty percent. Exactly. So exactly. you only getting forty percent of me. Exactly. Somebody else went to the office, and that's how that Juneteenth ice cream ended up in that fucking Walmart. Because somebody should have been able to be like, "Have you lost your fucking mind?" Mm-hmm. I want I want to wrap it up with the saying this. Uh, Alvin has emphasized that code switching is a skill, it's a tool that he's leveraged to great success. Tanya uh, also had that skill, had that tool in her toolbox that she leveraged to great success. Tanya's in a place uh, where she co-switches less. Joe doesn't co-switch at all. And I want to recommend those that that because the more of us that don't co-switch, the less necessary it's going to be for other people to have to co-switch. So. And, and I, I put one caveat for you, Joe, because also one of the reasons that Joe and I code-switch less, which... I think this is true. Maybe you can um, dispute it. Number one, Joe's a lot like me. He always says he isn't, but some things he's a lot like me. Number two, I think that we have other places where we get money where it's not just in corporate America. So I'm less dependent upon exactly. their acceptance. Hey, yo, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> oh. Listen. I thought I did. <laughs> I was you just joking. Oh, okay. Just joking. So I'm sorry Listen. if you diversify it. If your conclusion is, if your conclusion is um, the less we co-switch, the better off we are. No, no. Uh, the less, the more people who make that sacrifice, like Tanya said, there's consequences for not co-switching. The more of us who are willing to accept those consequences benefits. Because the, then we can stop co-switching. Then we can stop it can be, We could just, we can be human. Right. And everything will get better. I think um, the, the example I would have about where rich white people understand that co-switching isn't necessary would be sports. Exactly. Magic Johnson talks exactly how Magic Johnson talks in he 1979. He sold it up there. <laughs> LeBron James talks exactly like LeBron James talked in 2003. And no one cares to correct them. And they make tons of money. And they're heard and understood. We can do that too. So y'all, I think this brings us to the end. I think all of the links that we have, that video, the funny newscaster, and some other things around code switching. But once we're live, make sure you put your comments in. This is us having a discussion. Brother, you said you don't know how special of a guest you are, but look at how much you added. Can, can I hang around? Can I hang, hang around? Hang around. For the Stay next around, episode. brother. You know, you want to join. Yeah, so you guys, code switching. Do what feels comfortable for you, but understand that that is an adjustment that we have had to make as it relates to profession. There's levels to it. Society. I don't, I don't want to do it as much anymore. Do what feels comfortable for you. Understand what the impact of your actions are, regardless of what your choice is. That's what I think the answer is, right? But if you want to not code switch with me, let's start a movement, and then we can all be at work like, girl. Alvin, give us a give us stuff. a Liberian goodbye. No code switch. Uh, we'll see you later. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Y'all, until the next time.